All right, for all our millions of followers and listeners out there, again, we are coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. We are Wagers, Ragers, bringing you Championship Weekend. We are down to four teams. Again, as co-hosts of this podcast, myself, Joshua, you can call me JT Buckner and... Jonathan the Hedgehog Donneth. Now, as you can hear in my voice, I'm slightly under the weather, recovering from a head cold, thankfully, thank, thanks to my eldest daughter. But I will power through this podcast. We will get you our thoughts, positions, analysis, and predictions on the final two games before the big one. Super Bowl in two weeks from Sunday. First game up on the slate, Chiefs at Ravens. Right now, the Chiefs are getting four points. Now, if you remember, last weekend, the Chiefs were on the road at Buffalo getting points again. Always a big mistake to bet against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been uh, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, they have their 13-3 and three in the playoffs, and they're getting four points. Points. This is the first time that Pat Mahomes has gone up against Lamar Jackson in, in the playoffs. Jackson is the proverbial MVP this year. Patrick Mahomes has been the MVP previously. This would be J- Jackson's second MVP. Weather could be a problem in this game. It's supposed to rain in Baltimore. Um, but honestly, I don't believe that it's going to be that big of an issue for either one of these quarterbacks. And I will... Uh, One of my props is going to reflect that. Last week, I wouldn't call it a breakout game because he's been great all season long, and that is Isaiah Pacheco from our, and when I mean our, I mean John and I's alma mater, the greatest university, not only in the state of New Jersey, not only in the United States, but in the entire world, Rutgers University, 186 rushing yards, two touchdowns in the two playoff games that the Chiefs have played so far this year. And he was an absolute beast last week. So did somebody say special teams? I think special teams is going to be a big factor in this game. We have two phenomenal kickers. We have Justin Tucker going to his seventh Pro Bowl in 12 seasons. We have Harrison Butker, who's 33 out of 35 for field goals in the regular season, and he's perfect in the playoffs. I think that's going to be a huge factor in this game. Question mark. Will we see Mark Andrews, the star tight end for Baltimore? He's kind of practiced. He's been out since November. If he's there, even a bigger bonus for Baltimore this week because they are loaded on offense. They're loaded on defense. And interestingly enough, We have the battle of the Rutgers running backs. We have Isaiah Pacheco, of course, and we have Gus Williams on the other side. Gus the bus for for Baltimore. Both teams have great defenses. This is probably the best defense the Chiefs have had uh, in a a long time. Uh, Their defense may even be better than their offense. But where do I see this game going? Chiefs are getting four points. 
I'm going to tell you right now, the way I'm going to play this game is I'm going to do a two-team teaser with the Chiefs and the Lions, who are getting seven points at the 49ers. I'm going to tease those lines up. Six points, Chiefs getting 10, and the Lions getting 13 points. Now, I don't like, you know, usually when you tease, you want to try to get it over those magic numbers of, of 10 or 14 or uh, 7. So you want to get it to 8. You want to get it to 15. You want to get it to 11. I just think both of these games are going to be close. And if I want guaranteed wins, I'm going to tease both games up, take both dogs. Now, put a gun to my head. Who am I taking in this game? I got to be honest with you. I'm probably going to stay away from the straight line. Um, but I would probably take the Chiefs getting four points. They proved last week that they can win on the road as a road dog. Uh, they were getting, I believe, two and a half points. They won the game outright. So I'd probably take the Chiefs in this game getting four points. I just can't bet against the defending champions, especially after last week's game against Buffalo. Um, and quite honestly, I think this Chiefs-Ravens game is a much better game for the fans' perspective than Buffalo versus the Ravens would have been because Buffalo just had so many injuries on uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They came in with like four linebackers, and I think one got hurt during the game. I got two quick props for you. Because of the weather, and I alluded this alluded to this before, I like Mahomes over rushing. Uh, I think the Ravens are going to get after him. I think he's going to scramble out, out um, from outside the tackles. It's 26 and a half right now. I'm going to take Mahomes over rushing. And Kelsey had a breakout game last week against Buffalo, scoring a couple touchdowns, going over his receiving total, which I hit on, did not hit on the Mahomes rushing total. Uh, his right now over under is 62 and a half receiving yards. So give me both Chiefs, which is Mahomes and Kelsey over rushing for Mahomes over receiving for Kelsey. That's what I got on this game. John, your thoughts on Chiefs Ravens super matchup. That's funny. I I'm interested to hear you kind of go that way uh, because everywhere I'm looking, I'm watching a bunch of YouTube reviews, uh, reading what the uh, the pundits are saying out there. And it seems like everybody is on the Ravens here. People are calling the Ravens a juggernaut, and they've had a really uh, incredible season this year. But I said something uh, last week that I'm going to stick by this week is Patrick Mahomes getting points in the playoffs. I'm taking it. This is the Chiefs' sixth straight AFC championship game, and the Chiefs on the road, but getting four points. Give me Patrick Mahomes getting points any day of the week. Uh, you saw what he did last week, getting points on the road in Buffalo, bad weather, all that. Uh, I think the, the Chiefs can come in here and beat this Ravens team. Um, I see this as being a close game, you know, kind of three points either way. That's why that extra point, I think it opened at three, went to three and a half. Now it's at four. Give me the Chiefs in that plus four. Who knows, you know, even if the Ravens win the game at the end with a Justin Tucker field goal or something like that, you can still cover. So I'll take Patrick Mahomes. I'll take this uh, Chiefs defense, which is another big thing I kind of wanted to bring up is that, you know, the old adage is defense uh, wins championships. This is probably the best defense the Chiefs have had during this whole run they've had with Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid. Uh, I love Steve Spagnuolo as defensive coordinator in a big spot. So give me the Chiefs to cover the four points on the road at Baltimore, minus 110 at DraftKings. I'm lockstep with you on Patrick Mahomes rushing. I love my quarterback uh, rushing yards. 
Um, he had 41 yards two weeks ago. He's averaging 30 yards a game in the playoffs, 24 yards a game for the year. Uh, I know that the prop is 26 and a half at minus 125 on DraftKings, but he had a long stretch in the middle of the year where he did, really didn't run that much. Um, the Ravens, of course, do defend the pass very well, so I expect the Chiefs to lean on their running game. More on that in a second. Uh, and uh, I expect the, the Ravens to get a little pressure on Mahomes. Uh, you know, do or die, I expect all of those factors to combine for Patrick Mahomes taking off a couple of times. So I will take Mahomes as well over on the 26 and a half rushing yards. Sticking with the Chiefs rushing theme, I'll also take Isaiah Pacheco over on rushing attempts. This was one I hit on last week. The numbers actually come down. It was 14 and a half last week. It's 13 and a half this week. The juice is not that great, but this is a number he's been over three straight. Seven out of his last eight games, he's been over this number. I know he had a bit of a toe issue. Uh, earlier in the week, missed practice, was only limited on Friday, I think. Um, but I think they're just being precautious, or at least I hope that. I have no way of actually knowing one way or the other. But he's fully cleared to go. Um, so I I think the, the Chiefs will lean on Pacheco uh, as much as they can. And noticeably, even though – or notably, excuse me, even though the Ravens' defense has been really great this year, their weak point has been their rushing defense. Since week six, they've given up 93 yards a game on the ground. The Ravens have given up the fourth highest yards per carry average to running backs uh, since week six. So I expect the Chiefs to try to take advantage of that and keep the presumed MVP Lamar Jackson off the field as much as possible and give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. Um also, I like the uh, Lamar Jackson over on rushing prop. Uh, Chiefs defense held both Tua and uh, Josh Allen under 200 yards passing in the playoffs and haven't haven't allowed a quarterback to pass for over 200 yards. I couldn't believe this. Hasn't allowed a quarterback to go over 200 since week 14. Why am I talking about passing yards if I just said I'm taking Lamar Jackson over on rushing? Well, it's because I expect the Ravens to also – look to their rushing game to uh, pick up the passing game's deficiencies. Uh, the Chiefs have allowed three straight overs, rushing overs to quarterbacks. They face the most quarterback rushing attempts in the league. So I think all of that adds up to Lamar hitting his over. It's creeping up very high. It's 65 and a half right now, minus 130. I'll still take it because Lamar Jackson is awesome. So that's what I've got on this game. I'm taking the Chiefs plus four. Um, I'm taking Mahomes over on rushing, 26 and a half at minus 125. I'm taking Pacheco over on 13 and a half rushing attempts. And I'll take Lamar Jackson over on 65 and a half uh, rushing yards. The one other sneaky little play that I was thinking about uh, throwing in there. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the, the question about uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, as of this morning, he is cleared to play. He he is expected to play. I don't know how much he's expected to play. Uh, in his absence, tight end Isaiah Likely uh, was fantastic. You know, I think he had been over 40 receiving yards in, I think, every game where he had replaced Mark Andrews, except last week when he just barely missed 40 yards. I think a sneaky play would be Isaiah likely over 21 and a half receiving yards at minus 110 because just because Mark Andrews is playing doesn't mean he's going to dominate the tight end role. 
And I could see him potentially being a decoy and the Ravens going to likely. So that's one more I'll throw in. I'll stop talking now. Isaiah likely over 21 and a half receiving yards. What do you think, my friend, about my picks that are going to make everybody lots of money? Well, look, obviously I'm in lockstep on uh, on the Mahomes over rushing. I think given the weather, I think given the defense of Baltimore, that he's going to get flushed. He's going to get flushed out of the pocket and he's going to have to run the ball more than he did last week against Buffalo, who was definitely a banged up defense. And he's not going to be able to sit back in the pocket like he did last week and not have to run. Um, I am 100% on board with Pacheco over 13 and a half rushing attempts. I mean, the juice on DraftKings right now is minus 145. So you're paying a premium to take that. Um, But I do love it because I think they are going to feed the ball to Pacheco a lot. My only concern slightly on that, although I'm not terribly concerned by it, is just how good the Baltimore defense is. And if they're going to focus on trying to stop the run, that's going to force Mahomes to pass the ball more, which is why I like the Kelsey over receiving prop. But I still think they're going to they're not going to shy away from the run game and 13 and a half rushing attempts for a 60 minute game. Especially given the way Pacheco's played all season. I, I love it. I think it's a great prop. Uh, the Jackson rushing. I mean, how can you go wrong with with Lamar Jackson over rushing? The guy rushes the ball for, you know, it almost seems like he rushes the ball for 100 yards every game. 65 and a half. It's a high total for a quarterback, but he's he's Lamar Jackson. He's like a you know a running back slash uh, quarterback. So I, I like that one as well. And yeah, that sneaky little prop. I'm likely over receiving yards. If Mark Andrews isn't going to play, he's been the go to tight end. For Baltimore and with, uh, you know, the Chiefs defense this season being the, probably the best defense that they've had uh, in a long time, especially during this run with Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes, not a bad prop either. All right. So we move on to game two, which is now the which is the NFC championship game. And that is. Who everybody has thought. Who everybody thinks is the best team in the league, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Stacked on defense, stacked on offense, um, but barely pulled out a win last week against Green Bay. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I wasn't terribly impressed with the 49ers, and I still have questions about their quarterback, Brock Purdy. And they're going up against everybody's darling, the Detroit Lions. Right now, the Lions are getting seven points on the road at San Francisco, it was seven and a half. It's now down to seven. John, why don't you s- start us off on this game? Give me your thoughts. I'll tell you what my thoughts are on this game. And uh, as you are, as everybody already knows, I'm teasing up both games and taking the underdogs in a teaser. But I'll let you know my thoughts on who I would take just straight up on the spread. Yep, totally. <clears throat> so the Lions... Uh... Traveling to San Francisco, uh, Niners minus seven and a half at plus one hundred for the week. Yet I was I was very surprised. I admit it. I was very surprised at the way that the Niners Packers game went last week. I thought that was a Niners blowout from the jump. Of course, they had no Debo Samuel. I think the Packers caught the Niners by surprise a little bit, which is surprising, I guess I would say. Uh, but I think that's going to act as a wake-up call. I still think the San Francisco team is stacked as far as talent goes, top to bottom on both sides of the ball. I still think Kyle Shanahan is, is a really great coach. 
Uh, and I do expect the Niners to kick it back in gear at home and beat the Lions. Uh, I'm waiting for that Jared Goff game because Jared Goff, that's just the way he, that's just the way uh, uh, he is in, in, a, uh, in my recollection is that when he's good, he can be very good. But when he's bad, man, he's freaking bad. And he's not playing in the dome anymore. He's playing outside uh, against this San Francisco defense. I don't think the Lions really measure up. Uh, I don't know if they if uh, they're ready for the big time yet, as it were. Uh, they haven't really been. I mean, they played a really close game with the the Rams in Week One, um, but the Rams really weren't even in the playoff picture until maybe like two thirds of the way through the season when they had a big comeback at the end. I don't think the Rams were a great team. They beat them at home. I don't think the Buccaneers are a good team at all, and that's who they beat last week. I think the Niners are in completely a different league. And I think the Niners win, but not just that. I think they win big. As a matter of fact, uh, everyone will recall that, you know, when Brock Purdy had that what appeared to be a concussion earlier in the year, the uh, Niners had uh, a really bad stretch where they lost three in a row. Then they had their bye week. Since the bye week, the Niners have been gangbusters and have covered seven and a half points in seven out of eight competitive regular season games. I'm not counting the last game of the regular season because they really didn't play the starters, didn't need to win. Um so it's not out of the ordinary at all for the Niners to win big when they win. I think they win big this week. So give me the Niners. Few props here. I'm going to start off in a spot that I never start at, and it's with an under of all things. And on top of that, I'm getting a little crazier. It's a Christian McCaffrey under. Under 19 and a half rushing attempts. Now, juice is hard, minus 150, but I think <clears throat> it's such a great number, and here's why. McCaffrey's been under 19 and a half rushing attempts in seven straight games. Uh, and that's the Lions strength is their rushing defense. No running back this year went over 70 yards, believe it or not. No running back went over 70 yards against the Lions this year. No running back had 20 carries for the whole year. So in order for McCaffrey to hit 20, car uh, 20 carries, he'd have to be breaking his own streak and be the first running back who did it all year against the Lions. So give me McCaffrey under 19 and a half. Here's one that's interesting. Brock Purdy over on passing yards. This number has really climbed up to 280 and a half at minus 115 on DraftKings. It's climbed high enough where it was something that I really, really liked when it was down like around 270. Uh, it's at least given me pause. I'm still going to take it. And the reason why is because the Detroit Lions passing defense uh, has been terrible. Uh, they've been giving up an average of nearly 375 uh, passing yards, the most passing yards to QBs in the last seven weeks. And, man, this number's still gone up. So early this morning, the number was 279 on DraftKings at minus 115. You go over to FanDuel, you get a little bit better of a number, 275 and a half uh, passing yards at minus 110. So pick that up. Uh, 275 and a half on FanDuel, minus 110 for Brock Purdy. Uh, and it's not something he's done a ton. He's be, he's gotten this number seven times, though, this year. So I think at home uh, against this horrible Detroit passing defense, I think Brock Purdy has a big passing day, and I think he hits 300 yards, to be honest with you. Another thing that's going to help, too, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is going to be back. He has been cleared to play. So we don't know how good that shoulder is going to be. We shall see. 
Um, but he is going to be in uniform. He is going to be on the field. That affects one of the other props that I was going to take. I was looking at George Kittle uh, at 60 and a half receiving yards, minus 130 uh, at DraftKings. Uh, and I wanted to take that if Debo was going to be out. With no Debo, Kittle averages 91 receiving yards a game. Uh, but if Debo's going to play, uh, we don't know if he's a, he's a decoy or if he's a full go. We have to assume he's a full go if he's on the field, and he is. That means I'm going to leave the Kittle prop alone. Instead, I'm going Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's receiving prop actually came down a little bit. I assume it's because of the Debo news. Uh, his receiving yards prop was 79 and a half. That's come down to 76 and a half receiving yards right now. I really like that number. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has really been a boom or bust receiver for Brock Purdy in recent weeks. In the last six games, he's either been under 40 or over 110. He was under 40 last week. I think this is one of those uh, over 110-yard games, especially against a horrible Detroit Lions passing defense. So I'll take Brandon Ayuk over. 76 and a half receiving yards. Um, uh, two more that I was thinking of, two lines props. Tell me what you think about these. Uh, I don't think Goff's going to have a great game, but I still think uh, Amon Ross St. Brown can come through. Uh, he's had seven plus catches in five out of his last six. So I like him over seven and a half uh, uh, receptions. Uh, the other one that I was looking at was there was a um, – Jameer Gibbs rushing prop that was 46 and a half. I think he's been over 40 rushing yards every single game this season, but that number's crept up a little bit. I think it's right around 50. So I'll probably leave uh, that one alone. Um, let's see where that is right now. Yeah, it's up to 49 and a half right now at minus 115. I think I'll leave it alone. When it's closer to 45, 46, I might've taken it, uh, but I think I'll leave that alone. But that's where I'll stand on this Detroit-San Francisco game. I think the Detroit Lions' dream season ends uh, at San Francisco. I think the Niners win. I think they cover 7.5. I think they win going away. Uh, C-Mac, uh, under 19.5, not too exciting. But Brock Purdy overpassing, I'll take that 275.5 on FanDuel at minus 110. And I'll take Brandon Ayuk over 76.5 receiving yards. Uh, and I'm on Ross St. Brown. You know, he's just one of the best receivers in the game. And I like him to hit his over on receptions. And that is currently seven and a half at plus 105. Good odds. Yeah, I mean, listen, I you've covered pretty much uh, everything that I was going to say, too. I just have a few comments on this game um i did take the packers last week getting eventually 10 and a half points at game time so they covered on that game against the niners uh this is but this is the 49ers and this is their third straight nfc championship game and on the other side we have the lions they haven't been to the nfc championship game in 32 years and right now um although they're the darling of the nfl uh, they're the only team in the Super Bowl area, Super Bowl era, I should say, not to reach the big game. Is it this year? You know, I think the bloom falls off the rose this weekend against the 49ers. They are getting seven points. Is this going to be a close game? I see this game as being a 10-point game and a 10-point game in favor of San Francisco, which is why I'm going to tease this game up 
213 points along with the Chiefs uh, Ravens game. I don't think the Lions are going to get blown out, but I don't see this as being one of those field goal type of games. I can see them losing by a touchdown. Uh, and then, you know, if I take the Chief, I mean, uh, the 49ers, I take the Lions, it's a push. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers. If, you know, again, gun to my head, I think they're going to win this game outright. They'll probably win by a touchdown uh, or, or, you know, or 10 points. Uh, if I if I take the 49ers, obviously I win because they cover the seven. And on my teaser, I win as well. If it's a 10-point game, which that's where I kind of see this game going. Uh, Jared Goff's got lots of history with the 49ers. He used to be the quarterback of the Rams, as everybody knows. In his first three games, he had a 136.3 passer rating, 3-0 against the 49ers, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. But let's fast forward. His last four games between 2019 and 2020, still a member of the Rams, uh, lost all four games, had a 70.3 passer rating, four touchdowns, and four interceptions. And that's when the 49ers started to um, become the 49ers team that we see here today. So that's why I like the 49ers in this game to cover the seven. But I still think, given the improvement the vast improvement of this Detroit team, the way they played all season long, the way they play for their coach, Dan Campbell. I can't see them getting blown out by 14, 21, you know, 28 points. I see it more like a seven or a 10 point game. Um, X factors in this game to me, you know, you spoke about him before Jameer Gibbs, the rookie from Alabama, probably one of the fastest players in the league and had a crazy touchdown in the fourth quarter last week against Tampa Bay, where he basically broke, the uh, defensive backs ankles on a cut uh, on a cutback and scored. Uh, and then Debo Samuel. I mean, what can you say about the guy? I mean, it, it looked like supposedly he had a broken shoulder. Now all of a sudden he doesn't have a broken shoulder. Now all of a sudden he's practicing with the team and now all of a sudden he's cleared to play. So I think he's going to be a hundred percent go. I don't see him as being a decoy. Uh, the one thing about the lions, they have gone for it on fourth down more than any team in the NFL this season. They went for on fourth down 118 times and their percentage of of conversion 52 and a half percent. So, I can't see that stopping this week, which is why I think this game's going to be in that 7 to 10 point range. They're going to go for it on fourth down and if they make it more than 50% of the time, which they've done through the regular season, they're going to make a game of this. I just don't think they have the firepower that the 49ers do. I still don't have ultimate confidence in Brock Purdy, but I think the players around him, like, you know, Debo and Ayuk and George Kittle and McCaffrey, uh, I just, I, I, I can't see them being stopped and their defense is phenomenal as well, especially with Bosa and picking up uh, Chase Young during the regular season. So give me the 49ers laying the seven points, but again, I'm teasing this game with the Chiefs and Ravens game, uh, thinking that this game's going to be a seven to ten point game. I have a couple props. I was on the same the same page with you with McCaffrey. Uh, I didn't look at the attempts, although nineteen and a half attempts is really a high number. So I may join you on the under on that. But I also like McCaffrey under rushing yards. Right now it's eighty four and a half on DraftKings, so I would take McCaffrey under that total. Detroit uh, focuses on the rush defense. 
which is going to force uh, Purdy to pass the ball more. So you're over on passing yards. It's probably not a bad prop at all. Um, but I'm going, as I always do, every weekend with a special teams prop. I like the Detroit kicker, Jake Moody, over one and a half field goals. I can see Detroit getting stopped uh, multiple times in field goal range. I don't think the weather is going to be a factor in this game. So give me Jake Moody over one and a half field goals. And then Amon, uh, Amon, Amon Ra, St. Brown, who has just been out of control as a receiver uh, this year, got snubbed um, to go to the Pro Bowl, but then got named an All-Pro. I mean, how often does that happen? That's insane. And he showed up last week, had a phenomenal game. He seems to make, you know, great catch and clutch catch one after another. So I like that over seven and a half receptions. Uh, you know, anything over seven is usually a little dicey, uh, depending on, uh, uh, you know, the team you're playing. And, and obviously the 49ers have a great defense. So, but I'm not offended by it. I think it's a good, I think it's a good call. Uh, so that's my uh, analysis of this game. I think it's going to be a seven to 10 point game. Give me the Niners uh, giving the seven points. And my two props are McCaffrey under 84 and a half rushing yards and Jake Moody over one and a half field goals. John, any last thoughts on this game? Well, my thought is I would love to see the Lions win this game. I would love nothing more to watch, to watch than to watch the Niners lose and fall short of their goal of making the Super Bowl. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the Niners. I think it's Niners-Chiefs in the Super Bowl rematch from 2018. Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's going to be difficult for me when watching this game because I'm taking the Niners, laying the seven points. And as much as I want to take the Lions, giving the seven points so I can sit there and root for the Lions, I guess if I do that and it's a close game and the Niners don't cover the seven, I still cover on my teaser. So I win either way. Um, but I'm with you. I'd love to see the Lions win this game. I mean, they are just, uh, you know, they're they're the they're the talk of the town. They're the story this year in the NFL. I wish it was my New York Jets, but I don't know. I'll probably be dead by the time that happens. All right, so we move on to the last phase of our podcast, which for all the millions of you listening out there, you want to know what our tracks of the week are. I will kick it off, and I think it's going to be a 49ers-Baltimore Super Bowl. Both are playing at home. I still like the Chiefs to cover the four points, but I do think they're going to lose probably by a field goal to the uh, to the Chiefs. I like the Niners uh, laying the seven points. So my track of the week is home, featuring Johnny McDade uh, by one of the icons, the legends, the Mount Rushmore of trance DJs, Paul Van Dyke. So the home teams are going to win. They're going to be in the Super Bowl. So give me home, featuring Johnny McDade by the legend Paul Van Dyke.
John, what do we got? Well, I love that pick, and I am switching it up this week. Surprise, surprise. I'm taking a page out of your playbook, and I'm going with a trance track. I'm going with As Long As It Takes by High Five, the Paul Skelton Extended Remix, uh, a driving trance track uh, with a great uh, forward beat, uh, taking my inspiration, like you, from the uh, championship games. Uh, the teams that make it to the Super Bowl have to fight for as long as it takes. That's my track of the week. As long as it takes by High Five, the Paul Skelton Extended Remix. Check it out, guys. Good stuff. All right, guys, this wraps up Championship Weekend for Wagers Ragers. But we will see you back before the Super Bowl, and we will break this game down top to bottom, left to right. It will be phenomenal podcast, last of the year for Wagers Ragers. But of course, we will be back the following year. But make sure you tune in to hear our analysis for the big game in two weeks from tomorrow, the Super Bowl. So for all of you, take what we've told you, do with it what you want. I think we've broken these games down down to their bones. So, may your bets be sharp and your caches be bountiful. We shall see you in two weeks for Super Bowl Breakdown. We are out. Adios. Later.